Yeah, it is interesting to see it's uh, it double the volume for uh, Black Americans. So, and and both, I guess, just from you know watching, um, you know, we've had relationships with the NBA in the past, and I remember in our conversations, it is something that Hispanics in general over-index in their, uh, I guess, in their in their like for the league and watching the league, talking about the league. Welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly analysis to the most relevant and trending topics in the U.S. My name is Natasha Pongonis, and I'm the co-founder and owner of Oye Business Intelligence. Um, COVID has presented us with a number of challenges, and for professional sports, they haven't been immune to these challenges either. So from going from the NBA to the MLS and the playoff in the NHL, all sports have been facing certain channel challenges, but as well for the fans. Um, so we wanted to take an analysis on the NBA and dive a little bit deeper to have a better understanding of the fans' experience doing or viewing all these games virtually, but also how they're engaging with some of the technical uh, challenges, perhaps with screenings so being virtual fans. Um, so the analysis, again, is going to be focused on the NBA, collected data from May all the way through August of this year, a total of 248 data points and conversations were asked. And we primarily focus on analysis on understanding the voices among Hispanics and Blacks. So today with me, I have Eric, co-founder and CFO at OYU Business Intelligence, and Joshua Sharakura. I hope I say your last name correctly. He's one of our internet brilliant data analysts. So Josh, let me start with you. And you know, why did you decide to do this analysis on the NBA? Well, Eric and I are both fans of the NBA. And now that they restarted on, I believe, July 29th, we, we started following them and the conversations that were around them to see how people were reacting to the NBA's uh, procedure. So they were doing things like they have all 22 teams in the resort at Disney World, and they created a whole stadium just for these players where they are not going to allow any fans, but only media and team members. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, we all know that Eric is a big fan of NBA, so I'm eager to hear a little bit of his point of view as we analyze some of the comments, especially on Twitter. Um, so it's going to be an interesting analysis today. So let's get started. Let's talk about the volume and different um, volume, particular across different segments. White Americans, Black and Hispanics. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, we analyzed over two hundred forty-eight thousand Twitter conversations from the United States, and out of those two hundred conversations or two hundred thousand conversations. 4,900 were from verified Hispanics and 9,500 were from verified Black Americans. So I, uh, we collected this data from May 26th through August 24th of 2020. And what we found is that 83% of white Americans were talking about the NBA reopening, followed by Black Americans who were the second largest group at 10.4%. And then half, uh, half of that, we had U.S. Hispanics at 
which is pretty interesting because normally in these studies we find that U.S. Hispanics are more than uh, Black Americans. Yeah, it is interesting to see it's uh, it double the volume for uh, Black Americans. So, and and both, I guess, just from you know watching. Um, you know, we've had relationships with the NBA in the past, and I remember in our conversations, it is something that Hispanics in general over-index in their, uh, I guess, in their in their like for the league and watching the league, talking about the league. So interesting to see that it wasn't um, nearly as much this uh, during this analysis. But um, but yeah, we can uh, we can dig through a little bit more. Um, Josh, thanks for for setting that up. And um, just out of curiosity, have you been watching the games at all? Or? Um, I watched. Um, Spurs game against the Clippers. Who are you a fan of? Um, Lakers fan. Uh, actually, they've been they won by like twenty last night. So oh, really? yeah, they're putting it back together. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a fun report to to look at, as Natasha mentioned. Um, but yeah, let me show some. We can look at the language a bit more. And what did you see, Josh, when you when you were looking at language in particular? Um, I saw that. Most of the conversation was in English, which is understandable. There was some bilingual conversation, but there, there was actually more uh, Spanish conversation than there was bilingual conversation. Mm, that is interesting. And, you know, I think I've got a few tweets here. Yeah, so 5.5% of Hispanic conversation was in Spanish. And I've got a couple examples. Those of you that can see my screen, I've got a couple here. Um, this looks like pure Spanish here. Um, talking about one of the players on the Nets uh, testing positive. Um, and let's see what else we've got here. Oh, this is a good example of a Spanglish tweet or you know, bilingual tweet where somebody's talking about Clippers versus Lakers and, you know, starts in English, goes on into Spanish. And um, I think that's all for I've got for the language. But most of it was in pure, pure English, like you can see right here. This is uh, just somebody sharing, the, basically just sharing their opinion about the league and how it's compared, comparable to, to hockey and pure English. So as we saw from the graph, it's, it was 90% in English. So, so really English dominant in this report. Yeah, and I think that brings to another point, Josh. Uh, when you created a query for this analysis, it was very strategic on the number of keywords and what keyword you use, right? Just to make sure that you are very specific, targeting some of the conversation. Can you maybe tell us some of the examples of the keyword that you use? Um, yeah, I was specifically looking for a conversation on NBA, basketball, all that, plus uh, people who include the concept of having uh, restarting, reopening, or the bubble involved, and just having both sense in the conversation. And it was uh, either language, too. So there was words like burbuja, which is uh, the mm -hmm. Spanish bubble. And then also like reapertura, uh, I can't pronounce it very well, but uh, like and, and anything that had to do with like reabrir or like reopening in Spanish was also put in there. So then, so basically we wanted to give it apples to apples uh, right. to Spanish conversation to come in as well. Yeah, no, that's great to know. So even though there was an equal, even number of English in Spanish, English dominated for this analysis. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so look uh, down at uh, the Latino index. So you know, the Latino index, basically what we're looking at, what we're, we're talking about here is uh, what, what type of Hispanic are they? What type of Latino are they? Are they um, uh, more, they hold more of their traditional values being more towards the L5, L4, 
or are they more Americanized and take more of the, uh, I guess, uh, carry more more habits that of just uh, traditional or general market Americans and being closer to the L1, L2. Um, so what we did see was really, if you can see the large red section on my screen, um, those of you can see that around 65% of uh, all Hispanics tended to be in that uh, totally bilingual, bicultural group, which is we call Latino three. So right in the middle. And so it was very heavy. It was very heavy in that section. And then also in L2. So L2 and L3 combined. So more of a um, little bit trending more on the Americanized Latino uh, made up about 90%. It was 27% on L2 and 64% on L3. So just about 90%, just over 90% for the two. Um, and that's not really too surprising based on the, the little bit, just the limited amount of Spanish we saw, like if we saw more Spanish, we would have tended to see probably more Latino fives and Latino fours, um, Hispanics that are tend to carry more of their traditions. But being that the NBA is really more popular in the United States and doesn't have uh, as much significance in, in Latin America, where, you know, uh, Latin American, where soccer is really keen, that's not entirely surprising either. Yeah, and I think as we move to the next analysis, which is the generation, uh, in OYE, we use uh, face recognition technology to be able to determine the age of all the volume of conversations that we analyze. So for this particular analysis, about 400 Hispanics had uh, uh, their face or their image of the bio. So 400 were analyzed for Hispanics and 500 were analyzed for Black Americans. So both groups actually over-index in a specific group, which is a 34 to 44 years old, um, and they're followed by the next group, younger, 25 to 34-year-old. Um, so that's, that's very interesting that across both demographics, the same age group has, seems to have more of an interest and a follower for the NBA. Um, we'll, based on these graphics, where we can say some slightly percent of Blacks are more engaged within the first group of the 34 to 44, 58% versus Hispanics, are, they only have a 48%, but it's still very high considering all the other demographics. And of course, where we look in the younger dem demographic, the 12 and under, they have the smallest percent, or we also see that in the other extreme, which is the older demographics. Um, so yeah, I think definitely, you know, for anyone who's looking to appeal, engage and reach um, that diverse fan base is that's the sweet spot at 34, 34 to 44 years old. Got it, good points. Uh, and also I have uh, gender analysis. We can uh, chat about that. What did, uh, what did you guys see, Natasha and Josh, with gender? I saw that um, both among Hispanics and Black Americans, we saw that males made up the majority of the conversation having six times as many male conversation than female conversation in the Hispanics and 10 times more male conversation than female conversation in the black Americans. Were you surprised by that, Natasha, at all, like with the, with the male dominance on this? Or? Right, absolutely not. I mean, I think, you know, we, when we look in that sort of certain sport, uh, especially, you know, the NBA seems to be more male-dominated. I, I was expecting a little bit more of a higher number just because under COVID, so many families are watching all these games together. And I was expecting perhaps more of the, the female engagement. Um, so I think there's perhaps a missed opportunity there to trying to 
further engage the female group and participate more during this event um, through the MBA mm -hmm. or any other sport event. That's a great point. Um, so yeah, let's look a little bit deeper in the, in the sentiment analysis as well. So um, Natasha, do you, anything you wanted to mention with the, the sentiment? I've got a couple of examples here. Yeah, I mean, I think with the example, I think, you know, perhaps no much was surprised that the majority of conversations were positive uh, for both uh, Hispanics and Blacks Americans. It was a little bit of negative and both have been the 20%, 25 and 28%. Um, but I think it's interesting, and again, when we go to the analysis, this is machine learning done. So the machine would identify a specific keywords to determine what is the sentiment on that particular tweet. Um, so when we bring the human factor to it, which in this case will be the three of us or an analysis, right? And, and there are certain tweets that perhaps might give you one impression of the other. So I think, you know, we have some example here where we might agree or disagree with what the machine as tagged as positive or negative, or, or even among between each other. I think we still agree and disagree you know, if it's a positive negative conversation. So Eric here is showing one uh, particular one. And there was a lot of conversation around the bubble and how the NBA players were living protected during COVID-19 on the bubble. Um, so here is one from Frankie Cardenas. Um, so he's talking about social distancing, how important it is. Uh, and again, how the, the bubble it is. This, come on, so, <laughs> so I guess on this one, I, I, I will say it's positive. I mean, I don't see, they're talking about being aggressively, but there's more about how they, some of the players, and I think, Josh, you mentioned this, there have been some conversations about viewers saying the NBA player seems to be a player a little bit more aggressive this season than any other season before, but not necessarily related to COVID-19 or being in the bubble. Um, some people wonder if it was uh, a result of the bubble, having the teams isolated from their family, making them more agitated and more aggressive. Mm -hmm. so some people blame, blame the aggressive behavior on the bubble, but it's That's just... interesting. Yeah, I do see that. Here, here it is here about the, uh, the hockey one. And yeah, and I'd say that you know, it is interesting to just to read these and, you know, see what, uh, you know, what the software produces versus, you know, what we think. And, it, and honestly, these are really difficult. Like, you know, even before we started this, uh, you know, Natasha and I were, I would say, uh, gently discussing, uh, you know, wh whether tweets were positive or negative. And, and ones like this, you know, honestly, like, Natasha and I disagree just reading them like one's you know one of us says positive person says it's negative or like um there was one right here that said the word outrageous which I thought was great um or like this mm -hmm. yeah the NBA bubble is the safest place in the world right now and New Zealand insane you know is that positive or negative you know <laughs> depends what angle you're coming from I think absolutely I think so too and I think you know in this case so since our algorithm is keyword-based, so it will really start putting balance the number of positive versus negative keywords and determine if this particular conversation is negative or positive. But, you know, so we, we always have the human factor involved in the analysis just to make sure that when we provide this analysis to our clients, it's not purely machine done, but it's also human done. Um, so we can make sure that all these reports are purely the most accurate level of analysis. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's another really good one. Um, mm -hmm. 
Great public sports can produce no positive tests. That's outrageous, you know? <laughs> positive or negative on that one. Yeah. Right, again, and I think, you know, that's to your point, Eric, right? It depends to everyone's different, perhaps, point of view. Um, some might think it's positive, some might think might see this as a negative. Um, so it's interesting, for sure. Yeah. I think COVID-19 and, and all the challenges that we have been facing is kind of creating perhaps a, a very uh, polarized conversations across different topics and MBA included. Very good. So um, uh, I guess you know, getting towards the end, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the words that you saw. So, so how does this work a little bit, Josh, as far as like how the, uh, the words become top either uh, hashtags or top, you know, top keywords in this analysis? So using the OIE tool, we analyze all the data and it will go through and collect the top most commonly used hashtags in this case, and it'll create a little chart based on off their distribution. Well, uh, what you saw, what, um, I mean, obviously there were certain words that had to be in there, like, you know, we were doing our, uh, our query asked for the word either MBA or basketball. So like, it, probably not surprising to see the word MBA show up at the top, but what were some of the other words that maybe surprised you or thought were interesting for um, I thought it was surprising how popular uh, Lake Show is, which is the Lakers' own personal marketing team. They talk about Lakers and their sports and like their games and what the players are doing. Just updating them. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then right under Lake Show, we see NBA on T TNT giveaway. Oh, what was that about? That was a TNT was having some giveaway they had a double header game uh, and if you tweeted uh, the hashtag nba on tnt giveaway and had a pizza emoji then you could get a free pizza from tnt no i wish i knew about that that looks I found an example tweet that looks, uh, that's a really cool smart promotion i think a lot of these brands are figuring out ways to do it i I, I'm guilty. I'm definitely watching a lot of games at the office here. Sorry to tell you, Natasha. But um, and uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm watching the games as well. We're <laughs> so uh, I've been seeing like Michelob has uh, it's like Michelob. I can't remember the whole hashtag, but it's like, um, and I think it started uh, just recently, and that might be why it didn't it didn't resonate or didn't show up on the top of these ones. But um, but the Michelob, I want to say, was like the virtual fan giveaway, where like you could tweet and basically show up on the side on, as one of the virtual fans. And I thought that looked really cool. So, so it seems like uh, brands are getting creative with what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think if anything, being a marketer right now is just, you know, if you have that eagerness for being creative, there is an endless of opportunities. So thank you both for this analysis. Thank you, Josh, to putting this report together. Um, this analysis will be free to download in our website in the next few days. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at oyintelligence.com. Thank you for watching, and please join us next week with an analysis of another interesting topic. Have a great week.